What's up, guys? This is Juan with another episode of Full Sin brought to you by the Trailer Parts Outlet. And on this episode, I'll just be talking about, you know, some of the interesting facts that I've found with taking on a new role that I've been in for about a year now, a little bit over a year, in operations as far as shipping and distribution. So stay tuned. Let's get straight to the point. This is what you do and what you don't do. No bullshit. Sugar coat when it comes to repairs and maintenance. If I use you go to for seeing no edits, cause just go to for seeing and we'll get you done right. For seeing and we'll get you going right. For seeing, keep it going day and night. No. All right. So let's jump right into it. So I've been in operations for a little bit over a year, year and a half. And we've seen a lot of stuff or I've seen a lot of stuff. Um, we, of course, the motto for any business is to grow and figure out ways to get the product into the customer's hands faster. And what I'm going to do today is kind of go over some of those steps or not steps, but just different options that you have as a business excuse me as a business especially if you're in the e-commerce or even just brick and mortar and you want to expand um so like i was saying taking over fulfillment has opened my eyes and to many pain points um especially in the e-commerce world um and with shipping shipping is one of those black sheep of the family you don't really want to talk about because there's so many different fees that come up from it from resi demi um you know oversized reweights uh just all these accessorials that add up quickly um and they start adding up quickly hitting and affecting the bottom dollar so with that from zoning like i said zoning dimmed weights being hit with oversized shipments all these work against you when you're trying to, to cut down on expenditures. Um, one thing I would suggest doing if you do ship a lot out is talking with your uh, carrier rep, whether it's FedEx, UPS. Um, one thing I did learn is you do have a postal service rep that you can communicate with or get a hold of, um, but get get a hold of them or you know just any of the other uh, carriers that you might be using. Um, one of the biggest pain points in shipping is your zoning. And at first I really didn't understand zoning um, for what it was. Um, I, I knew that the higher the number, the, the bigger the cost it was to ship and the bigger the, the amount it was to ship to it. But in all that, it also plays in with your dimensions, your weights. Um, and of course the zone you're shipping. to. So right now with, with us being in Texas, um, right here in Madisonville area, we're within a zone one, everything when I think it's like a hundred miles, maybe 200 miles. Don't quote me on that, but you know, to Arkansas, Louisiana, um, Colorado, New Mexico, and West Texas, because West Texas own state apparently, but all of that is you can consider a zone two or three, depending on if it's a rural area or in a metropolis area or whatever they call it. Um, 
But then you get, so those shipments there don't really cost you an arm and a leg. I mean, depending on where your rates are and depending how good of a contract you have with your carrier, I mean, they can go anywhere from $10 to $25 to $35, depending on the weight and the box size. But then you get into when you're shipping to your zone fives, zone four, zone five, zone six. And then even the ones you hate shipping to is like a zone eight. That's where you get added all these extra fees. So, for example, if it costed me to ship something from here in my location in Texas to ship to a zone seven in California, that cost there can be minimum at least $75, depending, of course, on your dims and weights. But if I was to ship from California to within California, your your zoning goes back down to a one or two, depending on where it's located at. So it cuts, it can, your shipping can go from $75 to $25. So right off the bat, you automatically save $50, which at the end of the year or at the end of the quarter adds up and you can use that fund for more product, more, more uh, product equipment, you know, uh, bonuses, et cetera. You know, sky's the limit on extra money, right? But zoning is, is one that can affect you quite a bit. And there's different ways you can combat zoning. Um, if you're shipping nationwide, I mean, like I said, zoning shipping will affect your bottom dollar directly. Um, there are many ways to negotiate, uh, combat it. Like I said before, negotiating with your, your, uh, negotiating a contract, uh, creating distribution centers, creating your own fleet, or even partner partnering up with a 3PL company. Um, all of those are great but you have to do your research on which one you want to go with because each one of them has its cons and, and your pros and cons to it. Um, one thing, like I said, to keep in mind with all these scenarios is the volume, the volume and the, of the amount that you're shipping out daily, um, weekly, monthly, and even yearly. Uh, you might have spells that come in. So if you know that your business whatever you your business might be if you're selling three times more in the springtime than you are in the fall you know that's all kind of stuff you want to disclose with your with your rep from your carrier uh that way because he wants to be able to your your carrier rep wants to help you lower your rates because the more i mean they all work off commission um so the more more he can get you to ship out the more money's going to him so regardless if it's lower rates, but if you're increasing your, your shipping rate, if you're going from a thousand boxes a month to 2000, even if he cut his cost in half, you're still, he's still getting that same amount if you were shipping a thousand. So, I mean, there's different ways you can approach it. Talk to your carrier rep and see what you can do with a contract. Um, one thing to keep in mind when you are working a contract, if you are shipping Overlinked products. If you're shipping stuff that is past 96 inches or past uh, six feet or seven feet, five feet, whatever it might be, because it's different with every carrier, um, them oversized fees will kill you because they they can go anywhere from I've seen it without a contract and it can go from $250 for oversized links to the max that I've seen it is $1,200 and it's crazy because it can be just a simple thing as one, like for us is one axle 
And if we don't have it under contract, it can cost us up to 450 bucks just to ship one axle that is 102 inches long. Um, another thing you want to talk with your rep is how much you're shipping LTL versus how much you're shipping partial. Um, that does take into a huge effect because like with FedEx, you have your options. They have reward points, which um, you can use to buy, like I said, you can use it for reward cards, gift cards and whatnot, but it kind of just, you can earn double points, kind of like a credit card, you know, like cash back. But uh, let's see, lost track. But let's see, yeah. So if you if you're negotiating, first thing I'd always recommend just negotiate your pricing with your with your wrap. Uh, the next thing is, you know, a lot of people want to create their own fleet, which is great because anytime you can take your customer experience from A to Z, and I stole that from Amazon, sorry. But if you can control that customer experience from the time they purchase to the time they get the product, it it's it's great because you retain all that customer experience in-house from the customer getting a product on time to the customer getting a damaged product. So you reduce that because your your own employees, your own team, your own crew is handling the product for you, making sure it's getting delivered neatly in a professional way, not just thrown over like you see in all these uh, TikTok videos and whatnot of UPS, FedEx, and uh, postal service just throwing your packages on the ground. So, I mean, it all goes back to who you hire, but the principle of it is that having control of that customer relation or that customer experience all the way towards the end gives you a gateway of reopening or another point of contact to that customer of, hey, how was your experience? You know, you ready to buy another thing or, you know, what can we help you out with in the future? But having that control is great. But one thing you need to consider is your initial expense. So are you needing a truck and trailer? Are you needing a box truck? Are you needing just a simple delivery truck or a car? Are you needing, you know, what is going to fit your, your, um, I forgot the word I'm looking for. Mine went blank. But what's going to fit the, of what you're selling? You know, with us, a truck and, truck and trailer or even a semi and trailer or even a uh, flatbed carrier, a class eight uh, truck would make sense. But if we're just selling, you know, shirts, t-shirts, uh, pants or clothing or furniture, you know, a box truck or a small pickup truck might make more sense. But that's all you, you have to take all those things in consideration before even just going out and, and doing it. Um, how far out do you want to service your customers within a hundred mile radius? Is it a 25 mile radius within a hundred mile radius, 200 miles, you know, three States over two States over, uh, just within your state, Texas, is a big ass state love takes death. But when it takes you eight hours just to get across from one end of the state to the other, it's fucking bullshit. But, um, yeah, sidetrack. But no, um, do you want to service just your state? Do you want to, you know, or just your county? And it, it's all great because if you have the foot traffic, you have the local retail to where, hey, you know, it's almost like fucking Uber Eats or DoorDash. 
you know you want to go you you're wanting a fucking steak but you don't want to fucking get dressed take a shower get dressed go to the fucking steakhouse fuck it i'm gonna order me a fucking steak 30 minutes later it's at your door i mean they were fucking smart for doing it i mean hell that's why not and they don't even have to pay for the employees i wouldn't suggest shipping your shit with uber eats or one of them but I can say because it all goes back to holding that or retaining that customer experience. But that is one thing to look at. Um, I mean, you can easily tie up anywhere from 80,000 to 150,000, depending on the vehicle or the equipment you're needing. Um, Also, keep in mind, you're going to have to hire somebody to be the driver. That person's going to be the face of the company, um, regardless of what you think or not, because they're going to be the touch point for the customer that they're delivering to. So if you got a teenager who doesn't give two shits of what the fuck's going on, that's how your company is going to be perceived. So I would, I wouldn't recommend just going a cheap route or hiring some cheap hands to do that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your business, how you want to do it. But if you want to retain that customer experience and make sure it's, you know, top notch, that fucking smile, that, Amazon has from A to Z. Don't fucking sue me for the copyrights. I'm not owning them, but it, it's just catchy. Y'all are fucking smart for it. Um, no, I mean, that's one thing you can do starting your own fleet. It's a great idea. Think about it. Talk whatever with your, with your team or with the owner or with your spouse or whoever your, your team is there and see, you know, do we have that much foot traffic or that enough traffic in the surrounding areas to do that um another thing you can do is you know a lot of people like i was mentioning earlier zoning zoning is the most pain in the ass thing to deal with because again and i I say this a lot in this episode but dims and and resis and oversized charges are a bitch because if you go from zone one to zone eight you're going to have about $75 in just accessorials and fuel charges and reways if they have to reweigh the box and, and all that. So what you want to do is if you if you are an e-com store, and this is something we're doing, is we're going to, we're, we're in the process of setting up three or two more distribution centers. One, so it would make sense just off the bat without even looking at it, is... The best way to cover everything without even if even if you don't have a fucking location in Texas, it would make sense that you have one in the East Coast and one in the West Coast, because eventually your zones are going to inter intercross at the center. So you're going to have basically zone one to zone four, maybe. But with us now being in Texas, everything's going to convert over to a zone one, two, three. Still possibly a four going up to the northern states, center, central northern states. God damn, I heard your back pop. <laughs> but, um, sorry. <laughs> but, no. Um, so, setting up a distribution center, I mean, those are all great ideas, too. One thing, I again, as in the fleet, discuss it. Look at what you're selling. Look how much you're moving in volume. You know, are you shipping out this? a thousand packages a year are you shipping out you know thirty thousand packages a month thirty thousand packages a year 
3,000 packages a month, et cetera, whatever. But look at the logistics of it, of how many, how much you're moving. Does it make sense to open either a storefront with a, a distribution center? That way you still get your foot traffic to keep your pe people busy or just open up a distribution center and just ship out of those locations. Um, and with this, it all ties back to setting up a contract with the carrier because this will also give you better rates because the thought of this is to decrease your shipping means decreasing your, your cost towards your customer, which should increase sales. So in doing so, you're going to up your sales, which creates more volume of packages going out, which creates more revenue coming in, which creates more job opportunities and ex ex expanding over to either more locations or more equipment or more merchandise. So that's all great and dandy, but there's a downside to it of the overhead of how much that building is going to cost. Are you going to rent it? Are you going to build one? Um, are you going to buy one that's already built? Are you going to lease it? Are you, you know, staffing, um, now you're playing into how much inventory am I going to house in this location versus how much inventory am I going to house over here to having to set up your WM, your warehouse management system or WMS of figuring out which orders go to which distribution center because you have to have it. The Ideally, you'd want it to be automated to where when a customer orders, it automatically sends that to this location or to that warehouse. So if the customer is in Nevada, you're going to get better zoning out of California than you would here in Texas or in um, on the East Coast somewhere, whether it's Tennessee, Pennsylvania, or South Carolina or North Carolina. I mean, it, it's, you want your system to just automate, automatically send it over to that warehouse that way the item can get shipped out. And it cuts down on your, on your, on your cost for shipping. It cuts down on your on your lead times and your turnaround times for, to the customer, which equals a happier customer and possibly a returning customer. So before you do all that, just consider your expense, your expenses, you know, your inventory, you know, inventory management, staffing, your, your brick and mortar, your, or your warehouse. And then just the logistics behind getting all your inventory there. Because the nightmare hasn't even started because you're going to still have to train. The ideal situation is to marry your one location that's already working and set it up over there and to have it mirror your, your, your primary location. That way everything's flowing in the same flow. So if you send one from here from location A to location B, they are still in the same flow and not have to walk around trying to figure out where everything's at. That's the ideal situation. Will it happen like that? Always no, because it depends on spacing, availability, availability, inventory, and all that. But the ideal situation would be to marry your your primary location. So at that point, you're like, well, that does sound like a great idea, but I don't have the capital. I don't have the funds. I don't have the manpower or don't want to staff the manpower or have the responsibility of having to hire people at a different location and have to hire somebody to actually manage them. Because at this point you're not going to have, you can't be there physically. So either somebody on your team that's here already is going to have to move and 
be in charge of that location, or you're going to have to put your, your fucking trust in some, some complete stranger. And it sounds fucking bad, but you have to put your complete trust in a stranger that you don't know that anybody can lie on a fucking resume. I'm sorry. It's true. You can pay a fucking guy online $25 to build you a fucking resume and you look like you're a fucking badass motherfucker. So, I mean, that's something you have to deal with. And we, we fucking dealt with that here at our place. I mean, look at the finance seat. I mean, the fucking guy passed out in the restroom. But anyways, the, the thing is, if you don't want to take those risks, you have the opportunities with companies, with 3PL companies that you have, that what the 3PL company does is they're already a warehousing system or warehousing facility that ship out. It's kind of like Amazon. Um, Fuck, I forgot what it's called. But anyway, Amazon offers it too. It's a 3PL Basically, you send them to your inventory. They do all the manpower. They do all the staffing. They do all that. That's that's what they. That's their bread and butter of what they do. But they, all you have to worry about is inventory. You don't have to worry about housing. You don't have to worry about staffing. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, counting inventory over there because they do it all for you. They send you a report at the end of the month or biweekly, weekly. Every other day, however you want to set it up, that tells you how much inventory you have, what products you're shipping out the most. You know, um, you can have the returns either shipped directly to them or you can have the return shipped back to you. It does c- cut on your cost because you don't have no overhead. You don't have to worry about shelving. And that's one thing I forgot to talk about on, you know, if you were to build your own place or rent your own facility, you still have to put shelving in that. And shelving is expensive. Um, but if you go with a 3PL company, the they they do all they take all that headache away um but the only thing you worry about is where you want that 3pl company to be located at one of them is bill may they have two in california and one in pennsylvania believe it or not the two best locations to ship out of is pennsylvania and california because like i said earlier you're Two, your zone three and four uh, interconnect right there at the center, so you still have the best bang for your buck. The beauty of it with us is that we are here in Texas, so it takes if Kiefer can magically appear United States map right here, right here, probably not. But imagine New York here and California here, Texas here. You're with two locations, everything's here into it, two to three, four. Or four day zone where if you have Texas and you move it up, you go into the bottom of South Dakota. That still is a two to three day zoning. Um, two to three day zoning. Two to three day zoning. So I mean, you still have, you still capture the great customer experience because. Nobody likes ordering. Amazon ruined it for fucking everybody. I'm going to say it. Nobody else wants to say it. Amazon ruined it for everybody because they're in a fucking want it now, need it now. You fucking, and I'm, I'm the same way. I can order something on fucking Amazon Prime today and have it here tomorrow. Depending if I'm in Houston, I can have it here the same fucking day. And unfortunately, that's the shit we have to deal with. 
Is it great? No, because it just puts more more pressure on you to make sure that the customer is getting taken care of from A to Z or A to Y because I can't use A to Z, A to Y or A to AA. Uh, but <laughs> like if you're if you're good at spreadsheets, you'd get that one. But um, not A alcohol anonymous, but A and then AA because after Z is AA in a spreadsheet. But no. Um, yeah, most definitely. Um, or that. But no. If you set up with a 3PL, I mean, they're great. They're It has its plus and minuses. You, you don't have, you still have control, but you don't have as full control as you would with your own warehouse. Um, like I said, all these are things that I've learned within the last year, year and a half, that I've been doing this in uh, operations. Um, again, it, it all reflects back to making sure your great connection with your vendors, great connection with your, your staff, um, being up front with them and just being transparent and, uh, you know, being disciplined and, and a hard worker. Damn, I used three of the damn core values. <laughs> Woo! Ooh, you see that? Boom. No, but anyways, um, no, it's all, these are all great ideas, but the, the key thing you have to remember is, you don't want to just jump into it. You want to have a game plan of how it's going to happen. Like, and the idea with everybody is money, 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 money. But if you jump into it too fast, you have, you run the risk of running your inventory too high. So you're over, over your budgets way over because you're having to, you're having more inventory than what you really need. You're stocking, you're staffing more people than what you need. You're or you're understaffed because each of those locations, you're going to have to have somebody to, to, if you, whether it's a storefront or it's a warehouse, you have to have somebody at the front. You have to have somebody receiving. You have to have somebody in shipping. You have to have somebody in fulfillment. Some of those seats can, can overlap and be done by, by one another. But the problem with that is if you overload somebody, then shit doesn't get done. Unfortunately, that's with any job, even here. When you overload one person with too much shit to do, nothing gets done. No matter how much time you set apart of a day to get one thing done, you only have 24 hours in a fucking day and you ask guys to sleep at some point. So look at the numbers, look at the logistics behind it, even before any of that, talk to your carrier. See what you can do on your contract. You can negotiate your contracts at any time. You have companies that will do the negotiating for you if you're not good at negotiating. You have companies that will um, audit your contract to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck, that you're not getting cheated out of any money or that your returns or that your any hidden fees that they're trying to apply to you are, getting, are, not, getting, or are not being charged. But that's all I got for this one. If you haven't watched any of the episodes, um, go back, watch them. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Uh, hit the like. Leave a comment. Um, like hearing back from you. One of the guys said I should be sponsored by Waffle or should be the new, uh, um, what do you say? Speaker? Or I should be the new host for Waffle House. I don't know if that was an insult or not, but, hey, I do love pancakes and I do love waffles. So. Waffle House, if you're listening, what's up? I mean, we travel. 
So I can do a video at your places. But no, that's all I got. Um, if you want to reach out to me, if you got any questions or whatnot, I did have a uh, uh, damn, my mind went fucking blank. I did have a, uh, one of the viewers reach out to me, and I'll get into that when in the next episode. But now, if you have questions, uh, feel free to email me. If I don't respond back right then and there, please do understand that I am still trying to run a business and trying to run the operations and making sure everything gets done right. But nope, that's it. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, go ahead and do that. Uh, don't forget to check out our merch. <sighs> Boom. Oh, yeah. But phone cases, uh, sweaters, hoodies, shoes, uh, don't know what else shirts but journals but we have stuff for full sin women in the trailer industry the trailer parts outlet um also stay tuned for some informational videos i know Kiefer is about to launch um or relaunch the more you know videos and there's going to be a lot of great inf inf information on regards of when to do your trailer maintenance uh what to look for and whatnot um but if there's anything in specific that you want to know, uh, reach out to Kiefer or reach out to me. Our contact information should be below. If not, just give us a call at the main number and ask for one of us. But until then, see you later.